The coronavirus pandemic is posing a big health and economic crisis for the Chinese at this time. But many foreign policy experts here in the United States believe the virus is the least of America's concerns when it comes to China. President Trump has taken on China's unfair trade advantage, but what about defense and national security? Well, our next guest believes the China threat is growing. Brigadier General Robert Spaulding is author of the book Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. He's a former China strategist for the Joint Chiefs of Staff and senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. General Spaulding, good to have you here. So I know many people are concerned about the spread of this coronavirus in the United States, but it seems like health officials and our government are doing a good job containing it here. So what should be our greater concern when it comes to China? Well, certainly the greater concern with regard just to this coronavirus alone is a, is a secrecy and control of the Chinese Communist Party. Of course, uh, this goes all the way back to the beginning of December. Uh, didn't really start coming out until mid-January. By then, uh, the uh, the epidemic had had spread, and so bringing in uh, at an early date uh, our CDC representatives and the WHO would have been the right choice. Of course. Uh, China is led by the Chinese Communist Party, which is a totalitarian regime. And essentially, we haven't learned anything uh, from, you know, the 70 years of the Cold War, where uh, the Soviet Union essentially ruled over um, the, the United Soviet states, much like the Chinese Communist Party rules over China today. And so we see that come out every once in a while, um, blatantly, like with re regard to this coronavirus. But what's more damaging, and what I wrote about in my book, is the is a very uh, stealthy way that they go about using globalization and the internet to insinuate themselves in every democratic institution within the United States, even to the point where suppressing speech and suppressing religion is, is something that they can do uh, really at will. Well, I, I want to talk about that some more specifics uh, in a moment, but President Trump says that he's been in touch with Chinese President Xi Jinping about the coronavirus, that they're friends. They have a good relationship. So how do you see this viral outbreak affecting U.S.-China relations? Well, I think it's more affecting the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party. So what's finally happening within China is the Chinese people are beginning to wake up and understand what kind of regime they live under. Of course, they've been quarantined to their apartments. Some have actually been locked in their apartments to die. I think, uh, you know, the United States and, and other democracies have, democracies have come to know uh, things like the uh, concentration camps in Xinjiang and the forced organ harvesting of prisoners of conscience that has been illuminated by the UK tribunal. But the people of China have essentially been kept in the dark. And so for the first time, they're actually beginning to see the true nature of the regime, which has led to widespread um, dissent within the country for the first time, uh, really since the Tiananmen uh, Square massacre. Now, the president's fiscal year 2021 budget, I think, keeps the defense budget about the same, around $740 billion. What will that mean for the national defense strategy that prioritizes China? Well, I think one of the, the major things to have happened policy-wise in the United States is last August we pulled out of the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, which was a treaty between Russia and the United States. Now, what that treaty said was the United States couldn't build intermediate-range ballistic or cruise missiles, but the Russians were violating it, and the Chinese have 
uh, used the fact that they weren't a signatory to build thousands, literally thousands, of intermediate-range ballistic and cruise missiles that are conventionally armed, some are nuclear-armed, in the region, which really puts our forces, uh, like carrier battle groups and our bases, our air bases in the region, at, uh, under threat. And what we needed to do was really begin to build some of those weapons ourselves because they are quite effective and efficient at creating deterrence. They are taking our innovation, our technology, our talent and capital and using it to build up their science and technology capability and their manufacturing capability. And so not just building weapons or buying weapons is what the United States need to do. Rather, it needs to begin to invest in infrastructure and in manufacturing and science and technology and STEM education. By the way, these are all things that the Eisenhower administration did during the beginning of the Cold War, which led to our victory. So the national security strategy really talks about changing the equation. Stop giving all of our technology, our innovation, our talent, and our capital to the Chinese to build up their power. Let's begin to invest in America and the American people. And I'm hopeful that in the, uh, the next administration, we'll begin to uh, put in some of those measures in place. Well, I know in his State of the Union address, the president said he's committed to building the newest branch of the U.S. military. That's the U.S. Space Force. The Russians are shadowing our spy satellites in space. So how concerned should we be about outer space warfare with the Russians or the Chinese? Within their region, very concerned because we don't have any of the same ground or air-based assets that the Chinese Communist Party has built in the region. And so that really makes our space-based assets vulnerable. I would say more so than the Space Force. So we need to really be focused on the, uh, the cyber defenses of the United States. Uh, the American military doesn't focus on protecting the data of the American people. We saw recently that Experian uh, was rated of 180, uh, 48 million records. So 148 million Americans had their uh, credit uh, data stolen by the Chinese Communist Party. The Department of Justice indicted the four PLA officers. But nevertheless, that data is within China now, and they're going to use it to undermine you know, the, the, the people or to get close to the people that they want to. And so it's an incredible incredible um, tragedy that the American military is not protecting the data of the American people. It isn't a national security strategy that we should do that by building a secure nationwide 5G network, but we're, we're not currently doing that because of convention, because of business models, because of politics. And I think we really need to understand the kind of challenges we face today with globalization, the Internet, and protecting our freedoms. You know, everybody's familiar with the fact that General uh, Manager of the Houston Rockets was almost fired at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. But even more insidious is this ability to uh, influence Americans at the individual level, particularly after 2016. We saw the Russians use AI bots, artificial intelligence bots, um, social media networks, and big data analysis to create protests throughout the United States. The Chinese are perfecting these technologies and techniques as well, and it really creates a, a challenge for democracies today. Cybersecurity, a big issue right here in the U.S. Okay, U.S. Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, author, former China strategist for the Joint Chiefs of Staff and senior fellow of the Hudson Institute, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Thank you.